Welcome to the Living Sacrifice Podcast, previously known as Love Never Fails. This podcast is going to be dedicated and learning why we, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, need to be living sacrifices to our holy God. I want to share with you Romans 12, verse 1, from the New King James Version. It reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, in simple terms, this podcast will be dedicating our temples to our God as a living sacrifice. We're going to be learning how we go about that and if we're willing to go about that and the importance of doing so. And I hope you find the time and need and want to join us every week here at The Living Sacrifice. Welcome back. Previously, we discussed important terms and definitions. Just very briefly, we went over the temple, sacrifice, what love means, satisfaction, so on and so forth. So if you're interested on the terms and definitions, I would go back and listen to that first of that brief introduction of what this is all about. Our podcast is very important when we speak about the temple, which is our body. And our bodies can be used as a living sacrifice for Jesus, just as he was a living sacrifice and a living hope for us today. Again, we are a temple because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to go over with you Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to verse 8, to discuss the Holy Spirit that was promised to us, because I feel like this is important information one must know to know if you're a temple. Because not everybody is a temple. Not everybody has the Holy Spirit of promise. Only certain people do. And you'll find out how now. So if you will, please grab your Bible and we will read Acts 1 together. Verse 1. The former account I made... Othalophus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles, whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, 
he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in all Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So, we learn quite a bit just by reading that small portion of Acts. But, it would be beneficial to you if you read both Acts 1 and Acts 2. Because there's a lot of in-depth information that you can take even sentence by sentence. That's why we are told to meditate on the word which is also beneficial to our temple but perhaps we'll get back to that at a different time but one of the things that we learned within just the few um, verses that we've read is that water baptism does not save us and we will learn in just a few moments how to be saved but in verse 8 it says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Notice how Jesus says here in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When I first read this, that concluded to me that this Holy Spirit of power and his witnesses will be throughout the entire earth. And I see that being fulfilled today more than ever before. I mean, think about the time back when Jesus was on the earth and how many disciples he had at that time. He only had 12 disciples. And then eventually the disciples went to and fro and they went across where they traveled and they shared the gospel. But today, it's completely different. We can go on foot. We can go on the internet. We can do all sorts of things. And there are so many resources that we have in today's society of how the Holy Spirit can work in our lives today and only those with eyes to see and ears to hear will notice where the Holy Spirit is present flipping forward to chapter 2 of Acts we see the coming of the Holy Spirit we see that the Holy Spirit comes in as a rushing mighty wind and it fills the house of where they were sitting Going a little further more in verse 14, we 
we hear Peter's sermon. And so let's read that together at verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. And the reason why he's saying this is because previously, which we didn't go over, which is why I emphasize that you should read Acts 1 and 2 in your own time. And if this intrigues you, read it afterwards of this podcast. But the Holy Spirit came in and the crowd had the Holy Spirit fall upon them. And they were all speaking in tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterance. And the people who did not understand what was happening around them thought that these people were drunk. That something was wrong with them. But Peter was saying, please, listen to what I have to say. It is important. These people are not drunk, as you assume. For it is only the third hour of the day. So this wasn't a time of day that people would be drunken. He was then explaining that this is something more that meets the eye. And so in verse 16, let us continue. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, who can be saved? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, this includes anyone and everyone willing to do so. Anyone and everyone willing to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Continuing on, in verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So as you see, calling upon in the name of the Lord and repentance is a necessity for salvation. But, what Peter had just exclaimed, tells us, 
how to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'll read it again. Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's how you receive it. Being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And again, this isn't water baptism. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this promise of the Holy Spirit is for you, for your children, and anybody. And that's what he was explaining. It was for anybody. Anybody who the Lord God will call. Because it is God who calls us, not the other way around. We are a chosen people. A chosen race. Richard Halverson once said, If a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, his witness will not be optional or mandatory. It will be inevitable. And speaking on repentance, I want to read together Psalms 51. So if you please turn to Psalm 51, starting at verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, I have sinned. And done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou had broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guilt guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, 
and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shew forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it, thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. With burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then shall they offer bullocks upon thy altar. So Psalm 51 was to the chief musician. It was a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. This psalm that we just read together is perfect when spoken of or talking about repentance. This psalm is a very good example of how we should confront God with our iniquities, with our sin. If you haven't repented to God, this is his invitation to you to do it. And he's giving you the supplies and the wisdom of how to go about it. He's letting you know that you're not in this fight alone. And he's welcoming you to have a relationship with him here and now. And so, if you really soak in Psalm 51, it, it basically shows you how to talk to God. How to explain to him that you mean what you say and you seriously want him to blot out your sins with the blood of Jesus and make you new. And one of the verses that I really want to point out here is when it spoke about the Holy Spirit. In verse 10 it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And so, God's going to give you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you, going from death to life. And it's, it's, it's in the mere moment. Then in verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And lucky for us, those who truly repent and truly believe and seriously want a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit will never be taken from you. Now, the Holy Spirit is also called the Holy Ghost. So if you read throughout the scriptures, you'll know him by both names. He is the third person of the Trinity. So there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All God in three different ways. Because God is God. And... Uh, we are not, and so God communicates with us in a way that 
is, how do I say this? Just in a way that is understandable for us in the most simplest terms. Maybe we'll go over that a different time because it can go really in depth. But at any rate, the Holy Spirit is God. And it's God's Spirit living within you because of Jesus and your belief in Him. God's presence and power activate in the lives of people. And the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And this is from John fourteen twenty six. He is a Comforter. And it is sent in the name of Jesus. And he shall teach you everything that you need to know. So once you have Holy Spirit within your temple, when you read the word of God, you know, it will all make sense. And he will teach you the things of what he wants you to learn and what God is saying to you in the moment. So, to wrap this all up, the importance of knowing that you're a temple to the Holy Spirit. I hope that this has intrigued you, but I also hope that knowing this, knowing that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, it will inspire you to take care of the temple that God has given you, to take care of your body, what uh, physically, spiritually, etc. Um, whatever God has brought to your attention, to fix do it and don't grieve the Holy Spirit know that all things are for your good and at the same time when you're taking care of yourself let this motivate you saying wow I have the Holy Spirit within me who holds resurrection power that lifted Jesus from the grave within me, within my very mist, and allow that to accelerate what you do next after this today. And if you take anything from this podcast for today's episode is just remember who is within you. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you join us next time. And thank you for joining.